Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, uh, ball player, ball player, no watching from the side. Said that you got him next, well, go ahead and show him why. No limits in the sky. Go ahead and take your shot. This one is for the city. What up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up Next, the podcast where we tell you who's up next in youth sports and some you know we also tell you about major players in the game and we definitely got one of those today uh we got a great guest today but first of course it's been a while but i'm jamal murphy and i got my co-host extraordinaire khalid green in the house what's up man peace man you know the first episode of the fall going into the winter eventually and i had to bring the king of the, the training game out here man he might not call himself that but i'm gonna do it you know, young brother's doing a lot of good things for a lot of years, and you know he's made his name for himself, and and he and he's from the Do for Self tribe, so we proud of him. So Justin, humble no development. D- no doubt, no doubt. Like like uh, Khalid said, we got our guest today is Justin Bright, CEO of Humble Development. Um, you know, speaking of training, I'll let him uh, tell us what that's all about. Uh, you know, also go we we go we go a little ways back to uh, when he was doing his thing on the court. So you know, maybe you could talk about that too. But uh, either way, Justin Bright, man, thanks for joining us today. Nah, man, I, I love you guys, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, it's definitely an honor. Heard so much about the podcast, and um, I'm just thankful to be a part of this and to help you start with the get back for this fall. So um, I'm looking forward to this conversation, learning from you guys, and vice versa, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'm Justin Bright I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I started a program called Humble Development where I uh, typically work with inner city talent, um, basically on the youth side, which grew into um, the professional side and collegiate side. So I started this about seven years ago and um, it started as, you know, just helping kids and wanting to do something positive in my community using my um, intel and my skill set and trying to instill it in the youth or in my community. And then one thing led to another, it became a business. It became something that was able to, I was able to use to feed my family, to, you know, just do great things financially, um, emotionally support, just able to be there for my family, my friends, and create something that kids can call a home. Um, a place where it's unique, it's genuine, it's gutter, and it's, uh, it's me. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, God has blessed me with a talent. He has blessed me with a creative mindset that I display through my training. If you ever watch a video, you can see, like, none of my videos are the same. I probably have over 100 videos, and you would never say, well, he got this kid doing the same drill. Like, each video is exactly, like, different. And, um... To be able to do that, you have to have a, you know, a big creativity or imagination, I would say as well. So, um, yeah, I've been blessed with the talent like um, Jamal harped on me and him, ran into each other in my early years when I was trying to pursue a pro career. Um, At that time, you know, we were just two guys trying to make something happen, doing something positive. And um, really kind of me, personally, I don't want to speak to Jamal. I didn't really have a clue on the business. Um, side, we were just um, trying to make something happen. And um, I'm very grateful for him 
He took the time out, traveled with me, got me in a hotel, all kinds of things, man. He looked after me. This was years ago. And, wait, 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 you know, Jamal spent his money, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My man. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep that he, mental note, but go ahead, Jay. <laughs> he believed in me. He believed in me 100%. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was just there for me. Um, you know, just a positive role mo model. He saw a kid from where that relates to where he's from that got some game. He was just helping me, trying to get there. And, um, yeah, I'm forever grateful. And now look at this. I'm on a podcast almost 10 years later. You know what I mean? Full circle is just like divine almost. Right. So. Right. So, so you mentioned seven years ago is when you started the humble development. What, like... What made you get into it? What made you like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go this route? And did you know you had that kind of talent beforehand? Or you kind of or did you just you realize it once you were in it? Well, honestly, uh, I never thought about coaching or training. Um, I was just trying to really pursue my career as a professional athlete, um, trying to go overseas, even if it was twelve hundred a month, two thousand a month. So what got me into it is with me being home, not pursuing my dream. I'm home, I'm working out, and I was interacting with my community since the St. John's Wright. And um, Coach Lloyd, he has a league where uh, every Friday night was like a juniors division. So it was like 16 and under. And then every Saturday was like uh, from 10 and under to 13 and under, right? And it's like games all day. So I started um, flirting with coaching then voluntarily. So from coaching led to you know, training, then from training led to coaching at a higher scale. We develop a career, uh, travel team through the St. John's organization. So with him having an in-house league, we was able to pick one kid from each in-house league and create an all-star team that traveled. That's basically what we did. And then we had a financial backing through somebody, and they put us in all the local tournaments, and we did very well. We won every tournament. We dominated Brooklyn for many summers, and um, we only practiced once a week. And it was like practice, but it was like training. Right? I'm, I'm just big on developing the skills because it makes the game easier. And then X's and O's come later because if you put X's and O's before the talent, sometimes it, like, it doesn't mesh. So it was like I'd rather these guys be more prepared in terms of making a shot or taking care of the ball or making a good pass then trying to drill their minds with some X's and O's because if they're not able to, you know, do what you're asking for, it won't work. So I was big on training since then. And we just had a formula where we was like, yo, we're going to be gritty. We're going to press. And I like verbally just called out stuff we're going to do. Like you flash hot post or we're going to post such and such up. Like I, got, I had these kids, I had my point guards posting up other point guards. Like if we playing Conrad McCrane, I had Sean Fosher. I would make Sean Fosher post point guards up. And Carmen Kane is a um, on-distance tournament. They have the old NBA rules. So you can't help. So I exploited teams by that. So I got my point guard posting up. How can you double? You know what I'm saying? So just showing them things like that, so much advanced things that a uh, coach typically wouldn't um, give them because I still have a pro mindset at the time as well because I'm still in shape, I'm still playing, I'm interacting with these people, I'm playing in Pro City, I'm playing in Dunkers Delight, so I'm just seeing what I'm seeing from the OGs, that's nice, the DPs and the Junies and all these guys, what they're doing, and I'm making these kids do it, 
right? So they could be before their time because that's what those guys were to our community. So that's where it came from. And I worked at a program called Steady Buckets where um, I learned about where you could train a kid and make $100 in one hour. And that was like big for me. And, um, you know, I graduated from that working for another program called Fast Break. And one thing led to another, I just started my own company and it was called Humble Development. And yeah, it started out small and now it's like, I'm not even gonna lie, it's like overwhelming at this point. Email lists, um, online booking, got the social media rocking. I have um, clients, I've trained kids all over the world now. Um, I've done events with Nike, Jordan. I worked with Black Ops, New Heights, Boys and Girls High School, Brooklyn Collegiate. So it was like, it went from that little thing, volunteering, to where we are, to, where we are today. Mm. And, and speak about, one thing I've noticed about you is not just that you know you're good at, I think you're very detail-oriented. I think you like to push guys to the speed level of the game. All right, because I remember one time I was running a practice and you even told me, make them guys go a little harder. Because I remember they were they were kind of coasting through a drill. And I appreciated that. But one thing that I really appreciate about you is that you have a passion for it. And because you can't, all the things that you just said that you manifested, there's no way you that's coming together without an uh, inner passion. So if you could speak to that type of passion, your drive, and, you know, I'm sure you put together a vision, you know, speak speak on that for us. So we know basketball is a sport, right? But it's not a game. Like, this is some real life thing. This is something that kids need to understand that they need to take serious, that this is not a game. Although you're playing a game, but right now at this point in the industry, it's not a game. It's a business. And when it comes to business, it comes to your livelihood. And you got to take it very, very serious. So even with you, Green, when I had access to you at New Heights, I'm asking you a thousand questions in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I'm picking your brain. Like, so what it was like being with yeah. the Nets and yeah. what are they looking for? What are they looking for? At least so I was just always a student of the game. Even to this day, I'm a student of the game. If Jamal knows more than me, I'm calling him down. I know you know more than me. I'm going to pick your brain till you're empty. And then you keep going to the next person so I can instill all that information in myself and now pour it out into the kids. So my passion is basically simple. I want everybody in my city to be the best. Like the, the, the numbers have decreased tremendously in terms of quality coaches and quality players. And I know I'm one person, but you can make a big difference like Malcolm like Martin, right? You can make a difference by just one kid at a time. You never right. know. You know right. what I mean? So that's always been my model. So I could just always make an impact on the kid's life or how they think about the game or how they approach the game. That's like enough for me because I really want New York City to be that top city and also have a part to do with it, right? Like right. I want to be able to say like, yeah, I trained this kid and he came from my program and now – it gives me the resources where college coaches or scouts or GMs are now contacting me for New York City talent because I'm kind of responsible for uplifting the city again. And I'm only going to do great and positive things and putting people in a position to win. So that's where really the passion comes from because growing up, 
the number one thing that I didn't have was guidance on what high school to go to. I had no clue about AAU. I was a kid in Lincoln Terrace Park playing ball all day. And I had talent, but if I would have ran into a Green or Jamal Murphy or at a younger age, you know, I'll probably be doing better. So now with me being the role that I am, I, I take the accountability and responsibilities to any kid that cross paths with me, give them my all. Let them know that this is not a game. So that's why you see me approach it with like, like if I didn't care, I would have just been like, man, let Green do that. Let him do it. Let them do it slow. Nah, I wasn't getting, I didn't get paid to tell you to, yo, let's, nah, it's, if I'm around, it kind of irks me. It's just my skin. Like, I can't watch bad basketball. You know, not to say that they was doing bad basketball. I know the quality players that you have, mm -hmm. they wasn't giving it 110. Right. You know what I mean? So that's that's where that comes from. And that's similar to, um, you know, being a sponge is similar to where, where I came from, too, um, under Coach Haskins. Um, I was just like you. I asked him every question. I, I actually was like a real big basketball nerd in practices. I walked around with all the notes and 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 wrote down every play. And you know, so that's that's the type of mentality you have to have. And I, I agree with you. Just like this is nothing to play with. People are making millions and millions and millions of dollars, and even more than that, people are making billions of dollars off of this one game. So why are we going to take it, you know, like lightly? So I appreciate that approach. Yeah, you you just touched on it a little bit in terms of, uh, you know, giving back to the kids, you know, and taking from your own experience. But, you know, you played ball, you know, you were good. Uh, what, you know, what what do you take from your time playing that you that you transfer over uh, to the kids now? Um, the number one thing that I'm really focused on, I see we all know skills is highly needed today's game. You got to be creative with that ball. You got to be able to shoot. But the number one thing that I wish I did, and I know a lot of people in my era that they didn't do, was the weight room piece, mm. right? Physically, we, we weren't prepared. Physically, we weren't prepared. Even me being in my 20s trying to be a pro, I wasn't physically prepared. I wasn't as athletic as I should have been. I was explosive my first step. I had no above the rim game. Uh, my upper body strength wasn't crazy. It wasn't NBA strength. So I struggled from the three-point line shooting. You know what I mean? So that is one of the key things that I'm harping on that I'm trying to always have implemented in my training. You know what I mean? Uh, when I do my group sessions, first thing we do now, and I ain't started this, I ain't start this way, but as I kept getting, you know, in and the industry kept learning more and more and more. I'm like, yo, first 45 minutes, I don't care. We doing weight room. Like every day. You know what I mean? Weight room first, skill work, um, you know, drills, dribbling, creativity to the basket, working on moves, footwork, tons of shooting. And then after that, I let them scrimmage. So now it was like, you just got a full camp, right? Preseason camp every day, every time you come to join my workout. And every day is different. And I always try to keep that model as well. Like, you know, life is different every day. Um, you wake up, you got to deal with somebody. You When you play basketball, you might have to guard the top point guard. You might have to guard the best big man. You might play against the best shooting guard. So it's like I try to make my training that way. It's like unpredictable. So that you keep people coming back. You keep coaches like Green interested. Like, man, this guy, 
he's not even writing nothing down. He's just going off the top. He's like got these kids in a full blown sweat and they love it and they're getting better. You know, so I always try to just keep it like that. You said you mentioned also the creativity part of it with the drills and stuff like that. So how do, how do you come up? You know, a lot of people nowadays they just go to YouTube and find and find mm-hmm. drills, replicate replicate everything. What, what what do you do differently, and where does where does that come from? Like, where do you get your your drills from? So, um, a few things. I see drills from watching a game. If I'm watching an NBA game, I would see, let's say, for instance, uh, Chris Paul snake snake. Right when he comes off the screen, he snakes. So I'm watching the game. I'm like, yo, this guy, he hedges the person. He snakes tight off the big. While I'm watching it, I just create a drill right then and there. And sometimes, like, if I go to a Brooklyn Nets game and I watch Kyrie play live, my mind <laughs> is like, like, it's going crazy. Because now I'm being, not only am I picking up drills, but I'm being inspired at the same time, which feeds my energy. So now I'm, I'm excited, almost as with, you know, growing up, you watch a top player play, you ready to go to the park and play yourself. You so motivated. So, I get that feel and that creativity from that. And also, I play still to this day. So it's like I do things, I try things, and I'm making kids do what I can do, honestly speaking. Like the things that I'm teaching these kids, I can do because I'm out there demonstrating it with the ball in my hand. You know what I'm saying? So that's a, another thing where not only is it that's where my creativity comes from, but that's where my respect comes from, the fact that I'm able to demonstrate and show you and make five shots in a row and lightning speed handle. Kids respect that. Cause now it was like, they won't challenge you. They won't question nothing. They they just have like, it's like a bow down. Like, yo, this guy, if he could do it, I gotta be able to do it. You know what I mean? So that's, that's where it really comes from altogether. Hey, Jess, when I, when I was coming up and I know Jamal probably could attest the father this, there were, I don't remember who was the trainer. Like there were no trainers. And now, it's like a, a thousand trainers in every borough. And we all know that all of these guys are not real trainers. We we brought you on because we know you you official. Right. So, and not to throw anybody under the bus, but what distinguishes a real trainer for, for parents that are listening now? A real trainer from a non from somebody who is what we say fugazi. <laughs> well, I say the difference between a real trainer and a you know a person that's not uh, considered a real trainer is just that you could feel it almost like you could see their intentions. You could see um, that they're following a trend. They're not serious about it because it's a difference when you're a Division One point guard. And you turn into a coach, turn into a trainer. That's a buildup of like showing your leadership and trying to help teammates. That all comes into it. So you can believe the passion, the love you got about it. But then there's a difference when you were you weren't that good and you trying to jump on this wave to get some relevancy off another kid, and you're not even treating everybody the same. It's like you just predicating to the superstars because you're trying to be a Hollywood trainer. So in this business, the best trainers are the most humble trainers because it's not about them. It's about the kids. So when you're trying to be a superstar trainer, it never works out. You can't be 
a superstar coach, you can't be a superstar trainer. The, it just don't go together. <laughs> it's about the kid. So at the end of the day, you got to put that kid in a position to be successful. And your role is to be a part of that journey. So some of these people that's training, they just in for it for the money. They're in for it because they really care. They love the kids. And you got people that's just doing this to do it. You got some dads who's trainers because they don't want nobody else training their kid. Right. And I got parents that come up to me and they're like, please take him. He won't listen to me. Right? That's like the number one saying through fathers. <laughs> like, please take him. Like, I swear, just, I said the same exact sentence you said, but when it comes from your mouth, he listens to you. I'm just like, so it's all like, you just could tell. Like, sometimes you get bamboozled, but that's because you didn't do the research right. on that person who's a trainer. You just jumped on the wave and you just listening to anybody. So for the parents that's listening, I'll say, do your research on the person, look them up, get a backtrack history, ask people about them, see who they develop, like how many good players they got under their belt and how long they've been working with them. And then you do your own assessment and you go from there. Don't just jump into things because a lot of these guys are teaching bad habits, are teaching extra stuff that kids don't need to do. You know what I mean? Like if, I do, if I'm doing a dribbling drill, it's to increase your son's or your daughter's handle. It's not for them to do it in the game all day, every day. You know what I'm saying? Right. And sometimes when, you, when you're when training kids, these trainers don't even explain the dynamics of the drill. They just got kids doing anything. So a kid is not even intelligent enough to understand that I just got this drill from Chris Paul doing a snake. So when I'm doing it, I'm, here, I'm calling it. This is the Chris Paul series. So now when that kid go home, he watching Chris Paul. Oh, shit, just got us. He had us doing this. You know what I mean? So now I'm engaging them that way mentally where they're like students of the game as well. Like, right. yo, I'm not just going to make you do this drill and you don't even know when you're supposed to do this, why you're doing this. No, this is a snake drill. You wrap around tight around the, um, the, the screener. You get your guy jammed and there's a big waiting for you off that and you you go laterally to the elbow to get your shot off because the big most of the time is flat-footed in the paint waiting for you to come towards him. You snaked all the way. You know what I mean? So I explain everything we do, and the kids get it that way. So that's the key of training and teaching. You have to really explain what you're working on with the kids because mm -hmm. you get these kids doing everything. You're like, yo, coach is like green. is like, yo, you got to sit down. <laughs> like, right, right. I don't, like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who's working on you with this stuff, but that's not basketball. Right. You know what I mean? I'll tell you another thing, and, and this is, this is, this is, this is for strength and conditioning trainers or coaches. It got to be a weight requirement for you guys too, man. Because some of y'all are too heavy and you shouldn't be training kids. How are you going to tell kids to, to get in shape and you weighing 200 something pounds and you're 25 Absolutely. years old? That, that's Absolutely. real. 25, Absolutely. Is, 25 is the key. The yeah, key. you got to look the part, man. You got to look the part, man. I totally agree. And that's a big pet peeve of mine. It's like I always tell myself, like, yo, I can never, I'm never getting fat. I don't want to get fat. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the imagery. And it's like, how can you say you care about basketball? You love the sport and you walking around like that. You know what I'm saying? And you this prime time trainer. You know right. what I mean? Like, if you was this, if you were so passionate about it, you'd still be getting after it yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I definitely, I, I agree with that too. And the process of 
feeling that pain and that struggle and that grind. So you can relate to the kids more. So when I'm doing these drills with these kids, I've done them. I'm yep. looking at them. It's tough, right? You're like, yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I did this before. I know it hurts you because it hurt me. Hey, you know Jamal, I mean? he, so, hey, hey, Jamal, not to cut Jay off. Listen, it's a, it's a push-up sequence he put me through. <laughs> ain't no joke, Jay. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I ain't ready for all that yet. <laughs> uh, it was tough. You mentioned, now, first, humble. Humble's like a big word for you. Um, you obviously, the you, your organization is called Humble Development, but I feel like you were using it, you, you were associated with that, with that word even before you went into the business. What do, like, what's the importance of that, of humbleness to you and, and what does it mean to you? So, so my Instagram, you bringing up my Instagram name is a humble stud and, um, being a fan of Common. Um, he has a song called Black Maybe. And in the song Black Maybe, he describes a kid from the ghetto who's like a flat-out athlete, like a dog. Everybody loves him. Like he's in the lyrics. And it's a part in the song where he says, humble stud. Right? He's like, this kid is humble, but he's a stud. So that's where humble, where you probably realize that stick with me. So humble stud has been my social media name for a while. I got it from the common song. And I look at myself as that, what he was displaying in the song. Mm -hmm. It's called Black Maybe. It's about black talent in our community. And um, humble is just, you know, it's all over the Bible. It's, it's like spiritually. It's like, you know, doing this, doing this business and this job, you have to be humble. You know, don't be a sucker. Don't be too nice. Don't be a pushover. Right? But you have to be humble because you're doing a service to God. And as quick as you got it, as quick as it could go, right? So it's, and kids need to have that same approach, right? Kids have to be humble and willing to take criticism and dissect what's going on and understand that you don't know more than me. You don't know more than the elder. You don't, you're a kid. So you have to, even pros, some of the pros too, they got to be humble because you go into a situation but you cocky and your ass gets sent home, right? Yeah. So yeah. humble is worldwide. It's a big time word that people is also like, they, it's, it's slept on at most. So, you know, and then development, obviously you, you're developing, right? So it's like, it goes together. You got to be humble while you develop. And through your process, you'll be rewarded through the basketball gods and being humble. Always remember that God is watching you. So, don't do unnecessary things. Remain humble. But, you know, like I said, be confident. Be living your purpose and do what you got to do. So that's the true definition of the brand name, Humble Development. And, and the state of kids today, you, how do you feel about how they how they approach it? Do you feel like they, you know, generally, are, they, are, are kids humble enough right now? Um, you, you, got your, you got your privileged talent um spoiled talent and then you got your kids that's like you know these kids are so advanced um they're being introduced to things so early and most of them do come with a humble spirit they do come with a softer approach but then you also have you know your pain in the butts that come around as well right. which is okay too because 
I like a pain in the butt. I was a pain in the butt, right? right but right. It's to get them to understand, like, because I don't, I don't like no soft kid around me. So if you're a knucklehead, sometimes I like that, right? I just will teach you how to transfer that energy. You know what I'm saying? So I don't like no softy because you can't be a softy in this business. You can't be a softy on that court. So if you are a gangster on the court, I kind of embrace you, but then I'll try to teach you how to channel that energy and do it in a professional manner. Like a Pat Bev or a Russell Westbrook, right? Like these guys are dogs, but they know how to tame their inner beast. So, you know, some of these kids, they 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 have a humble approach, and it's just because they're being introduced to so much things on the business side with how much money you can make now. They're understanding that if you got a bad attitude, you won't get that NIL deal or you won't get that agent or anybody to bank on you. You know what I mean? And Green gave me a good uh, gem when I was speaking to him that he was saying that when I was scouting, we were calling everybody. We called the janitor. We called mm -hmm. the teacher. We right. called the, the guy who cleaned the classroom. Like, we asking about you to everybody. And that's a background check where it's like, if you this humble spirit, everybody should have everything good to say about you. Shouldn't never be a bad feedback. So some of these kids are starting to learn that and adapt to that. So I'll say most of the kids are coming with a mature, very mature mindset. A lot of these kids are speaking their minds now. They're, they're expressing themselves more now. They're not just all quiet and, you know, mute. These kids are talking back, not in a disrespectful way, but voicing their opinion, which I kind of respect, right? And as a great trainer, as a great coach, you kind of got to give these kids a voice as well. Like, what you what you guys think? Think we should be in a 2-3? Think we should go press? What you, how y'all feeling? Right. And whatever they say, yo, nah, 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 y'all ain't getting back enough. So we out this press, meet your man in half. But you give them an opportunity to express how they feel. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that part of the game is evolving as well. And I definitely, that's how I feel about the kids today. Yeah, before we let you get out of here, uh, you uh, you touched on a lot of stuff. But, you know, from going back to the beginning, you're talking about being creative. We talked about it on the court um, as far as training goes, coming, with, coming, up, coming up with drills. But also you're creative uh, in terms of, advertising in terms of social media, in terms of the business side of it? Where, where does that come from? Uh, yes. Um, I went to school for business and um, I was fortunate enough to, you know, study and watch and learn people that do marketing. Uh, I ran into a couple of people that I've seen what they They've done with their brands and they've been like, I have friends that owns companies. I have friends that, you know, are big dogs with Nike or Jordan. And I kind of see what content they're pushing out. Right. And, you know, I'm also, I'm not going to say a lot. I'm also tuned into other trainers like Phil Handy, how he, it took him years to pop. Right. And how he's marketing himself now. He got the app. He's using that facility, which is a big attention-seeking facility, right? And he's he's still in shape. He's able to do just a bit for you to trust him and believe that he knows what he's doing, right? Because all Phil Handy needs to do is dribble. Right. Once he shows you how quick you can dribble, you sold on the product, right. right? So I'm watching and I'm studying guys like that at that age doing it. I'm watching Rico Hans, how he's done it, 
Uh, he lasted in the league and made his way and made his name by having access to a facility, UCLA. Right. I'm, so I'm studying. I'm watching these guys marketing tactics and these schemes. I'm looking at the Drew League, how they pushing out content. I'm looking at LeBron and Nike, how they push out content. And like all the answers is right here. So <laughs> right, right, right. I'm basically this is my professor. This is my book. This is my my class. This is everything I need. All I got to do is make the time and look and study. So all I got to do is that's the, that's it's really that easy. And then learn how to do things clean, right? When it comes to marketing and content and stuff like that, you want it to be clean, where it's like almost pleasure to the to the person that's observing it. You don't want them to be like, oh, this is some garbage. I'm watching this. What is this? It's all over the place and it's blinking in and out. There's too much going on. So you want to keep, so I learned to, like, some of the videos I did recently, like, a lot of the kids are like, yo, you ain't going to put no music on it? I'm like, that's, to me, that's, like, so old school. Like, music on the content is cool if it's, like, a mix, right? Because that's where the N1 mixtape came from. They they paved the way with that, right? And one mixtape, they made it where it's like, we're going to put these video highlights together and we're going to put the, the latest artist song on it and mesh the clips with the beats and the lyrics, right? So that's that's where the volume one mixtape came from. They mix, and it's genius. They mix hip hop with street ball and made it a mixtape slash like a bootleg DVD CD that you can listen to your songs to as well and get entertained. So I'm coming to an approach where I feel like the raw, uncut, like just me and you talking, your sneakers squeaking, you breathing hard, you struggling, you gasping for air. I'm more on that because I feel like that's more real and gutter where I'm going into that. And it's just like the music part is just like a whole nother, but it's working for me so far. Uh, the kids, like after a while, they're like, "Yo, this is tough. I don't even want music. Right. I like it like this too. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, that's where my marketing scheme come from. Just learning and observing companies, Apple, just watching what everybody else do, and we could do the same thing because the same device they're using to put their content out, we have it. Right. So we just got to know how to work it. Right. You know what I mean? You got to learn to you know what apps to download and how you can put your logo in the corner of a video. You just got to learn how to get the apps. And once you do that, you toy around with it for a little while. You know, like every little toy you get that's new. For you to master the toy, you got to play around with it. That's so right. you play around with it, and then you master it. It's easy. It's really right. that easy. Right. Yeah. Well, th thank you for that answer. You, you got you, you taking those green? You got that? <laughs> I got him. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> I got his number, so I ain't worried about it. All right, good, good, good. And I know where he be at in the morning, where he is in the morning, so I just pull up on the young guy. That's good. a fact. I got you. That's a fact. Yo, so tell tell the people where you know where they can contact you, where they can look you up. Um, you know, all the social media stuff too. All right, so um, I just developed two accounts. Um, I had to separate the youth and the pro, um, just from. Uh, I learned that this summer. Um, previously, I was combining both. And um, I'm trying to tap into the agencies now and get them to flirt with the idea of having me train their clientele. So I have Humble Development, which is for the pros. It's just simply Humble Development, one word. That's for the pros. 
and high-level players. And then I have humble development youth, where that's straight youth content only. So if you're a youth, contact me there. If you're a pro, you contact me there. And um, everything, all my information is in my bio in terms of my cell phone number, my email, and stuff like that. And I'm always updating my my stuff with content, what gym I'm going to be at, what event I'm about to be doing. So I'm I'm, part, I'm really easy to access. Good stuff. Good stuff. Once again, this has been uh, Justin Bright, CEO of Humble Development. Uh, he's doing big, big things. Definitely, if you got you know if you got a young kid you, you need to train who's who's you know showing some promise, definitely go go to him. I'm definitely co-signing that. Um, all, the, all the agents, let's yeah. those pros. Right. That's a fact. That's a fact. That part. Yeah. I'm going to I'm have to send my son to you quick, fast, in a hurry. <laughs> you know? I got him. I got him. <laughs> also, you know, you're from Brooklyn. How, what do you think about uh, the Nets? What's, what's going on recently? I'm just, you know, I'm trying to get a, a pulse of the city, of the borough. Um, <laughs> you think about KD? What do you think about KD? What he, what he doing over there? It's, like the, the the true definition is mess. It's, uh-huh. It is a mess, and um, it's not an easy task and it's not an easy job. It's a lot of alphas in that organization, from owners to coaches to players, and um, somebody has to be able to, you know, guide. Somebody got to drive the ship, man, and put everybody in their place. And um, I think that's what they're really lacking. Um, too many voices. Too many people with opinions, too many, like, your job is to be the basketball player, professional athlete. Like, it's getting out of hand now, right? <laughs> like, the, that part is, like, like you overstepping the coaches, you you insulting coaches and media. Bro, that's the office job. You guys need to focus on playing ball, trying to get some of your talented friends to come help you win a chip. That's your, your role. Stop trying to make executive decisions. Now it just leads to a mess, you know. And um, unfortunately, Steve Nash is getting some of the backlash off of it because, you know, he's a new coach. Yes, he has experience as a player. Yes, he has experience as being a trainer with Golden State and also an assistant. But when you step into this type of atmosphere, when you got a KD, Harden, Kyrie, all like it's a lot. You gotta have more experience to know how to tame those those monsters. Those are monsters. True. And yeah. you know, Steve Nash has a gullible personality, super nice guy. You know what I mean? And he's tried to put on this facade, but that's not him. You know, what I mean, that's just my opinion. That's not him. I know. Ever since I've been studying this game, he's been a goofy guy. I'll. I used to watch his YouTube channels. He used to dress like <laughs> Batman, do all these crazy things. He right. got um, he got uh, a soccer, a community thing in Soho that he does all the time. So I know his personality. Even when you meet him, he's just so friendly. You need a dog with those guys. Right. You need a guy who's going to be like like a Jock Vaughn who's on the bench. You right. need somebody like that who can really put them in a place and hold them accountable on a defensive end. And it's no egos with him. It's like, yo, this is what we're doing. That's it. And the guys, to me, will respect Jock Vaughn and buy in more to his culture. No shade to Steve Nash, right? He's the, one of the greatest point guards ever. But we're talking about the game and we're talking about coaching. And it's just my opinion. 
Right. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? He Steve Nash tried his best, but as you can see, it's not easy to tame those monsters. Whereas Phil Jackson was blessed with Jordan and Pippen and Rodman. And now when you he goes to the Lakers and have Kobe and Shaq, that's a layup for him. Right. Man, I dealt with worse. Mike was right. crazy. Right. Like Rodman was insane. You guys are nothing. <laughs> So, right, right, right. you know what I mean? And then the players know that. Like I said, like what I'm saying about Steve Nash, I'm sure KD knows that. I'm sure Kyrie, you know, I'm sure these players talk. They know Steve Nash, man, you're not like that. Don't yell right. at me. And like, they pick you know that, what but they, so, that's what that must be what they wanted, right? That's the thing. They got to, you got to want to be tamed to a certain extent, or at least. Yeah, but it's also, it's also this game is built off relationships. Steve Nash and KD. Has a great relationship. KD used to work out with Steve Nash all the time. KD and Kyrie, great relationship. Harden, Kyrie, I mean, KD, great relationship. So it's also about relationships. So it's like a guy like Steve Nash, he retires and he, all he got to do is wait his turn. And somebody that he has a relationship with is going to call him in right away. Right. And not to be, you know, make this a racial thing, but he's going to get the job faster than the black man. Of course, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to get that. A lot of people on that on that job skipped a lot of people, man. So at the end of the day, we we get it, right? Right. We understand, but we know there's other people, brothers or whoever out there that can really do the job, you know. And maybe Steve Nash needs to become an assistant and pay his dues before he jump into a seat like that. Where you got like Mike Brown, Mike Brown, who was exactly. Mike Brown, who was Popovich's assistant for years. Right. You know what I mean? Kerr, assistant for years. Look at Becky Hammond, what she's doing. She right. sat on Popovich bench for years and then went into the only thing. So at the end of the day, you got to pay your dues. They should have called you, her. Yeah. Right. So whenever, whenever you jump, whenever you skip steps and you jump and you blow up quick, the quicker you blow up, the quicker you fall. Yeah. I always say that. Yeah. So it's better to get out the mud and process and to do it that way because you're, you're, you're only as good as your history, your experience. Yep. yep. Like, you got to experience things. That's what makes you great. Yep. So, see, that should get there. You just probably have to restart and maybe go to a low level team like Orlando Magic or something like that and get his experience up, lose a couple games and go from there. So, in other words, you're not liking their chances this year. That's what. <laughs> That's what I'm here. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Though. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that. Yeah, I'm sorry to go into a whole deep dive. <laughs> nah, like, nah. When you ask me certain questions, my mind nah. goes into how I really feel about it, I mean, and I start explaining. But I want them to win because it's going to be big for Brooklyn. I want to see a, a parade down Flatbush. I want that. But I feel like they're missing the pieces to drive the ship. Once they figure that out with these high level players, it's a no-brainer. But somebody needs to come in there and be a drill sergeant that's going to wake these guys up, hold them accountable, push them beyond their limits. Because coast, like KD sometimes is coasting. Kyrie sometimes is coasting. They're, they're not thirsty. They're not giving it. They all oh, just to me. I know mm. they got more in the tank, right? Mm. And I could be wrong. They could be playing their hardest. But I think there's more in the tank that they could really give out. And that's yeah. from off the court and on the court. Yeah, I, I think the team last year definitely was missing a lot of grit, you know, and, and, and you know, they have the talent, but talent alone is not going to win in the NBA. You have to have some grit. 
and some some purpose. They never seemed like they were playing with a purpose, a a a, a, a unified purpose. You know, they play with a purpose, but it's individual. Right. <laughs> now it's time for them to be collective with their purpose, and I don't know if they have that because that's what great teams have, and that's what it's like. I'm playing against you. I gotta outshine you. Right. Right. <laughs> That's not how we gonna win. You gotta get seventeen. You gotta get twelve. You gotta get eleven. You gotta get twenty-five. Right. You gotta get thirteen. You gotta get. Now we're gonna blow teams out. Right. It can't be two people with thirty-five, bro. Right. Right. That's it. Come on. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, good. Good luck to the Nets. Good luck to the Nets. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, but again, Justin Bright, appreciate you joining us, man. Humble development. That's big time. Uh, I'm sure you're going to be doing even bigger and bigger, better and th better things with that. No question. And uh, we'll definitely have you back on, man. Really appreciate you joining us. No, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank Much you, love bro. and respect for you guys. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward for the next one. Definitely. Definitely. All right. That was, that was Justin Bright. That was great. That was a great conversation. He's doing yes, great things. Like we said, um, definitely up, definitely up and comer if he's not here already. So, um, you know, we need more trainers like that for sure. People who, who are really doing it from the heart. Absolutely. Justin is, um, he built his business up from scratch. Very proud of him. He, have a, he has a do for self mentality and um, he really is a detail oriented uh, trainer and um, he, he's, he's earned his respect and, uh, you know, I'm proud of him. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, that was our first episode in a while. Uh, you know, you you were definitely busy this summer. You had you know you had your new heights duties. Yeah, uh, with the what was it the, the eighth grade team? Yes, eighth grade national team. Want to shout them out? Uh, we we, we uh, competed in fourteen tournaments, won nine. So that's over sixty, about sixty four percent. We lost in one championship, so we actually made it to ten out of fourteen tournaments. And we competed on a national scale. I think we ended up uh, number eight in the country after uh, not being ranked at the beginning of the year. So I'm very proud of those young men. They got Dylan Perry that went to Stepanak, Mel Mel that went to Cardinal Hayes, Sin Folk that went to Malloy, mm. uh, uh, Jonathan and Josh that went to school in, in Jersey, got Kamari White. That went to Cardinal uh, to uh, St. Raymond's, and and of course Ron Ron who went to Blair Academy. So they all they all did well, and now I'm I'm looking forward to the, going to their games and seeing them shine. Yeah, that's a deep squad right there. It sounds like. Yeah, what matter of fact, let, let me not. I got to shout out Mason Santiago. Uh huh. Played with us at the end. He went to St. Peter's in Jersey, and my boy Jalen Holmes, who's at uh. I think he's at uh, Roselle Catholic. Now, do you, do you stay with them as they go to ninth, or you you pull in some new eighth graders next year? How, um, that, 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 that that was the plan, um, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. We'll see. Still, we still, we'll we still decide. Yeah, yeah. At this point, right now, I'm I'm focusing on um, my book that's about to drop, right? Uh, which is called "Free Game: A Parent's Guide to Navigating Black and Brown." youth through youth sports and beyond so um look out for that book it'll be yes. out probably in october and um you know it'll be up on my website and congratulations know, i appreciate it jamal did a great job editing helping me edit it 
Uh, um, and, um, you know, we're here. We're ready to pump it and let let people see what, what it what it takes to get through youth sports right now. Right. All the you know, we try to walk them through. Right. We you know, we, that's a lot of the conversations we have on this podcast. The conversation we just had, um, you know, that's that's the information that, that people need. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I'm giving it to you from A to Z. Uh, from the introduction to sports all the way up to the NBA, how to, you know, things like how to choose a agent or to how to pick an AAU team. So it's all that it's all going to be in that book. And um, I'll come out with a price soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, and then before we get out, I got to ask you, AAU, you, you just went through a whole, whole summer season. Yes. What was, what was your season? The whole year season. What what was your what like after this past season? How like what's your opinion? State of the game. What you what what you saw out there, talent wise, New York City talent, all that. Well, first of all, I saw tremendous talent. Um, tremendous. Um, uh, we beat the number one team in the country. They were from Ohio. They had about a six eight kid um, who was who was who built like a grown man going mm-hmm. into ninth grade. We had to play against AJ. Uh, I forgot AJ's last name, but he's he's probably going to be the number one and number two uh, freshman in the country out of the Expressions uh, grassroots program in Boston, Massachusetts. Those guys do a great job. Um, so I saw a lot of talent. I think the state of AAU basketball, I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of, shaky and you know shady individuals but there's there's that in america right you know, in every industry <laughs> yeah, so, so to just you know illuminate or, might, or might highlight be le- that, yeah, yeah highlight that it just might be less school. might be less at aau probably yeah you know? it might be it <laughs> might be and you know i think it's i think it's a sin to just point point the finger to brothers and grassroots when you know they don't they're, we're not making a lot of money you know running around with these coat when running around with these players Right. Uh, the trainers are not. Um, so, you know, we're just the beginning stages of some of the um, some of the the grit that's in the game, if you will. We're just the beginning stages. It, it goes all the way up to high school, then the college and, of course, the NBA. And, and again, it's just a reflection of America. Um, it's, fun. Think- it's, you, it's funny you bring that up because it's funny. You're making me think like how the narrative is. Like how people describe, oh, AU's the problem and all this kind of stuff. It's it's real funny that all the all like the highest levels now they trying to blame the low level as yeah. the problem. Yeah, well, the the low the, and the, and and I do believe that is that's a racial. Uh, there's some racial um, insensitivity with that at, at at minimum because you know the the people that are the gatekeepers are black. You know in the grassroots, you know, that you see a lot of brothers who they don't even know about AAU. They're just, you know, little homies from my hood. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to run them to this tournament, run them to this tournament. And next thing you know, that kid might be good. Right. And he's called a handler, but you know, in the, in the neighborhood or to that kid, he's, he's big uncle, right. You know, or he's his OG. Right. You know, and um, he may not uh, know the business side of it, but he did most of what he's doing from the heart. Right. You know, and he's who the kid trusts and should trust. 
Who's you think, the, you know, like who's he going to trust? Right. And he might have taken, taken a role in the kid's life uh, that his father couldn't take. You know, his mm. father might be locked up or her right. father might be locked up or, right. you know, whatever the situation is, we don't we don't always know why this young man is filling the void in this younger man's life. So I think that needs to be uh, that context needs to be talked about more. Um, I think the brothers get a bad rap, but there are some brothers that, uh, you know, deserve a bad rap. But I think more so from from what I've seen and what I've experienced, there's a lot of great brothers that are doing good things for these young brothers and sisters. And um, I think the AAU world is is is, uh, you know, it's funny, Jamal, the middle school world is like its own entity. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, you're playing and we played in the top tournaments all over the country. Um, I think one in particular, I think it's in Maryland that we played in towards the end of the summer. We got invited to and they paid for everything. They paid for our hotels. They paid for the van. Um, and it was an invite only tournament. Everybody we played in the tournament was ranked. So, you know, everybody made it out the pool. And we finished in the semifinals. We ended up losing to the eventual, to the team that uh, won the whole uh, championship. And they finished number one in the country. Mm. Uh, so team loaded, that was, from Virginia. So um, it's just uh, a, a world that, you know, <laughs> can engulf you as a parent. I'm happy I did it for a year. I would not do eighth grade again. <laughs> really? Okay. Because it's so long. It's so long. yeah. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if I were to do anything, it would be high school because it's from spring to summer and that's it. AAU for, for middle school is starting next week or now until all, right, all, the end all, of all Yeah, all year long. Yeah, because all year you, don't long. Have, you don't have a high school season. No, you don't have a high school season. So you're just running through it. So um, so it'll be funny looking at it from the peripheral this year. But mm. I'll be around and I'll definitely be at the, all the high school games. And you know, I know me and you said we'll you and I said we'll be going to some games this year. Yeah, we we should, we should go to some games and we should do some live, we should do some live absolutely uh, broadcasts, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I got, I got the I got the equipment, I got a couple mics, you know what I'm saying? Okay, all right. So, so we, we it'll be fun. That's like well, similar to what I do with Roden. <laughs> we go to we go to the Jets games, we go to no US doubt. Open, we do it live, we can do the same thing from high school arenas. Okay. We I'll set it up. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be great. I gotta yeah. catch. I gotta catch back up on the high school. On a actually go to some high school games. It's been it's been a few years. Yeah, cool. All right, so so that's a wrap for us. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, you, of course, you can uh, listen to our podcast. Download the podcast wherever you get your podcast, and of course, keep listening. Uh, keep listening, of course, but also keep uh, following us on social media. We're gonna pick that up too. Uh, coming up. Um, at up next on Instagram and at up next underscore pod on Twitter. Um, and then on YouTube, we, we still have uh, previous episodes on YouTube. You know, you, uh, Khalid was just talking about all the great brothers um, that are, that are working in AAU and helping kids. We've had a lot of them on our yeah. podcast. So, we, you know, you can go back and check uh, old episodes audio. We have a bunch already up on YouTube and we're going to add to that. So definitely check out the YouTube up next. Uh, pod on YouTube. 
So we're signing out. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. With at least uh, next week. We might have like four or five podcasts by next week, knowing, knowing Khalid. We're about to start working again. <laughs> we work it. We work it. Season's over, baby. That's it. <laughs> but peace, everyone. Perfect, perfect timing. Put me in my zone. Two, three, thirty-two, thirty-three, like birdie two. Time to put on for your city when they never heard of you. Ball player, ain't no watching from the side. Uh, picking up them pieces, ain't no limits in the sky. Uh, said you got up next, but gon' show 'em why. Uh, one, two, that's a three. Now take your shot, ball player. Bishop Lachlan, purple and gold, that's a flex. Uh, Kylie Green, got me a scally before he left. Uh, Joe Cash, something like dollars on the check. Uh, they had then, I got now. Now guess who next? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.